name is Aisa and today we are recording our second speech session episode where we highlight amazing speeches based on a team. And this episode's theme is Purpose and Passion. Seek to Speak. Last episode, we had Roshan from the Ruma Roy podcast speaking about our favorite call to action speeches. And today, we have our amazing community members, the poised and articulate Sasha and Abigail. How are you feeling, ladies? I feel great. I feel great. I am feeling great. <laughs> All right. Um, so in this speech session, we have curated a list of our top purpose and passion speeches so there are some which you may know and if you don't that's great because you get to discover new speeches as we go through the episode so what we will do is we'll introduce the speech play a chosen snippet from the speech talk about the context of the speech the message of the speech the speaker's style and just why we love it so much actually let's uh, start with you abigail i went with uh chadwick boseman's howard university commencement speech uh in 2018 so he's a howard university alum um, and this was also the year he received the honorary degree of doctor of humane letters uh, which is a doctorate so technically he should be called Dr. Chadwick Boseman, which is really cool. And you cannot study for this degree, you need to earn it. Wow. Uh, so the people who earn this doctorate have distinguished themselves through humanitarian and philanthropic contributions to society. Uh, Wikipedia is my source. <laughs> um, and you know, he is an actor who has played so many influential African-American characters throughout his career, mm. you know, from Jackie Robinson. Uh, to his to... latest movie. Oh, oh, it's Marini's Black Bottom. Uh, yeah. So, uh, to the late Chadwick Boseman. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. If it's meant for you. Wow, what a what a great way to start the theme for purpose. So it was a commencement speech, right? So his audience were uh, students who were about to graduate. 
And, um, you know, at the start, he mentioned a bit about the hilltop, which he uses as this analogy for his speech. Uh, because at Howard University, he says that the entire campus feels like a hill, right? So you're climbing mm. that hill every day. And now that you have graduated, you have reached this hill. But what is, what happens after that for you, you know? So um, I think, you know, I just graduated from uni this year. So I think with me and my friends, there was a lot of fear <laughs> about what our purpose is, uh, you know, like... um. So we had this conversation, my friend and I, um, from when we were in primary, it was UPSR, and then when it was from five, it was SPM, and then when we when we went into uni, it was about getting that degree, and now we've done all these things. So what is next for us, mm. right? And we're always so afraid of what the future might be or like what our purpose is. So um, I think I like I really resonated with Chadwick's speech because he um. He really, what was that word? What well, was uh, validated, uh, you know, our fears and our concerns. And even if you listen to uh, throughout the entire speech, that was what he did. Like at the start, he was talking about the hilltop and how climbing it had its struggles. So like, because um, university, you have your financial struggles, you have um, struggles trying to fit in. So he really does address um, each of these struggles that every university kid uh, goes through. And then, you know, for the excerpt that we just heard, he mm. um, addresses the bigger fear of, like, what your purpose is. And, like, because um, he, he also shared a bit about his personal experience when he first got into acting. Um, you know, he was on a soap opera and then he tried to talk to the he writers. He was in a soap opera? Yeah. Okay, he was it. He it, he didn't make it. Uh, and I will tell you why. So if you listen to the whole speech, um, he talks about how he got chosen as this, this uh, soap opera actor. He was the leading role, I think. And then um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to make... Th- everyone thought he was going to make so much money and stuff like that. And then, like, he read the script and he read his character and it just felt a little stereotypical, you know, uh, mm. for like an African-American in, in America, you know, uh, your father's absent and then your mother is not a good parent, etc, etc. So he actually tried to bring it up uh, with the creators of the show and he was like, you know, maybe you can make this kid like have an extra gift or something like that, uh, he said. And then they were all like, yeah, we'll take it into consideration. And then uh, they shot three episodes. And then the next day, after he talked to the creators, they were like, he got a call from his agent. And then they were like, yeah, you got cut from the show. They're going a different way. But he said that they listened to his advice. They tried to make it less stereotypical. But they still didn't go with him like, because, you know, he might have been in the producer's words difficult to like deal with so that's why uh from that excerpt that you just heard um he says if a door closes then someone else will come and open another door for for you. you right so um yeah you might be the one opening the door for another person right in Chadwick's case whoever guaranteed his place uh he got the door open for them and he was also the one who could introduce less stereotyped 
uh, African American characters in like soap operas. That's so meaningful and so inspiring as well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, his whole speech sounded quite biblical, like a sermon, um, and a lot of imagery. It harkens back to uh, Martin Luther King's, um, the way that he describes things. Uh, it's how it. It sounds very. I think the reason why a lot of people relate to it, I mean, you relate to it, but I relate to it too as a working person. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know, Sasha, do you relate it to it with your own struggles? Yeah, I do. Because like in terms of like purpose, me being a 15-year-old girl, I still don't know what I want to do with my life. So like, it's just learning about this journey and just trusting that process. So any speech, mm-hmm. particularly this one, after hearing Abigail explain about it, that she's also going through um, this frustration of what she wants to do in life. I really relate to that because I think it's something a lot of us go through. Yeah, and I think the language that he used was also quite... It was very poetic to me because yeah. he uses yeah. all these analogies, right? And yeah. um, if you listen to it, he does crack like a few jokes here and there and like the whole audience, the whole time they were like laughing and also crying. They're uh, already because... with him, man. Why did you think the speech was so impactful other than the language that he used and maybe the fact that he told his story? Like, what is it about his personality or the way he told the speech that really resonated with you? I can tell you how, why I think his speech resonated with the crowd, though. Uh, So he was in their shoes um, when he was just starting out you know he was he was there as a student right so that's why he could like relate to all their struggles um but he also brought up um this good point about how he said he admired them because recently there was this oh well back in 2018 they they were protesting something but he said that in his time uh he was also a prof of protest because they Mm. wanted to like merge some of the the departments together and his uh department of uh, studies of fine arts would have been merged with um the social sciences or the more general arts department or something like that. So it didn't work in his time. Uh, I think that the the departments did get merged in the end. Um, but it worked in this. It worked in this time. So that was why he kept bringing up the part of your efforts now will help the future generation. It might not necessarily help you, but uh you know, the the future generation is also important. And if you're protesting um, something right now, you are aware that eventually it will help someone else, not necessarily you. All right, so who is our second speaker, Sasha? All right, so the speech that I chose um, for our purpose segment today is was given by 35-year-old American singer, songwriter and actress Lady Gaga. And um, <laughs> so this speech was given at Elle's 25th annual Women in Hollywood event in 2018. And personally, honestly speaking, I've actually never been such a big fan of her music. But except Rain On Me. But I do admire her in like so many ways. And my respect for her really grew particularly after listening to this speech. Because aside from her having like the coolest, swaggiest stage name ever, Lady Gaga, um, she's actually deemed an icon for many things. Like for instance, her strong, powerful vocals and 
her catchy music and of course her sense of high concept fashion but this speech is essentially what it's about it's about her taking her power back and reclaiming her identity mm. and realizing her true purpose as a woman in hollywood so essentially that's like the context of the speech after dress <laughs> today getting ready for this event one tight corset after another one heel after another, a diamond, a feather, thousands of beaded fabrics and the most beautiful silks in the world. To be honest, I felt sick to my stomach. And I asked myself, what does it really mean to be a woman in Hollywood? We are not just objects to entertain the world. We are not simply images to bring smiles or grimaces to people's faces. We are not members of a giant beauty pageant meant to be pit against one another for the pleasures of the public. We women in Hollywood, we are voices. We have deep thoughts and ideas and beliefs and values about the world. And we have the power to speak and be heard and fight back when we are silenced. I just love the power. I mean, she was in tears to, throughout this entire speech, mm-hmm. but the, oh, the way man. she said it, it's, heard, just so, it. it's just so powerful. Yeah. And you know, I like how the entire audience is just so quiet. Abigail, Abigail, you should listen to the whole speech. Okay, I will. Uh, I've never heard her so somber. Yeah, you know, she's always quite loud and like. Yeah. And here she was really taking her time. Mm-hmm. What 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 was the message of her her speech? This part of the snippet, where she goes, you know, we're not just objects to entertain, and we're not just images. We have voices, and just mm, hearing her ideas. say that just really made just made me instantly fall in love with her because she's using her platform, the platform that she has to speak on behalf of not just women in Hollywood, but women in general of all ages across the world. And I could not agree more. As a teenage girl, it's really disheartening. And frankly, it's even painful and sometimes offensive. I don't want to be a Karen, but it can be offensive to see how male characters in like movies and TV shows are always the heroes and like the ones who make the difference and you know having power and authority and dominance over other pe- the other characters whereas the female ones are just there to arm candy to be there to be there yeah arm candy and um to just quote unquote entertain the audience mm. so that is very demoralizing to us women and of course the entertainment industry is just the tip of the iceberg. It, this happens everywhere. At the end of the day, uh, no one wants to be a Karen, so we just zip our mouths, and, and all this just gets left under the rug. So that's why like the male gaze, sexism, all this is still so rampant in not just Hollywood, but across the world. So I really applaud Gaga for raising awareness on this because you know, she just sends this message that um, we women have dignity, we have rights and we have to continue to create these safe spaces and environments because we are passionate 
and we have a bigger purpose than mm-hmm. just serving as objects and entertainment for people and her speech also touched on mental health um she demanded justice for those suffering that their voices may be heard and she was i don't know if ma- many people know this but she was actually a patient herself she she suffered a mm. um, mental il- illness as oh, well oh is that why some of her music videos um were her being in the yeah, mental yeah, yeah, hospital I've seen i thought that. that was i thought that was just a visual she's actually oh. been through a lot and um while i was doing research i actually really got really really sad because she a little trigger warning here she actually got sexually assaulted and she was left pregnant at 19 by someone in the industry So God. that really broke my heart. So oh yeah, gosh, she sounds so emotional. I'm I, just really shocked that she felt this way because it's so counter to her image, you know. Mm. If there's anybody that is so individualistic and unique, so powerful in her sense of self, I would say it's Lady Gaga. It would Gaga. be like Lady Gaga, yeah. Yeah, so But I guess that that just shows that you never know what's going no, on yeah. behind and everything behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah. The message was just so crystal clear. She wanted men- mental health to be a global priority. And mm. I in my mind I was like yelling state louder sis, let's say it louder because I feel <laughs> like that message is such an eye opener and everyone needs to hear this because sometimes seeking help as a victim is not as easy as it seems. There there are so many barriers yeah. like barriers to resources. Some people just don't even have trusted friends or trusted um loved yeah. ones to talk to. So Right. I mean you could be a beloved member of the society like yeah. that Datuk Pandalela and still be shamed and be like why didn't you complain oh earlier Oh my goodness yeah, exactly. Oh my god <laughs> the audacity yeah. yeah it's it's difficult and some people don't even realize the conditions that they're facing in the first place that they don't even know mm. they're actually having a mental illness yeah yeah that's true I was I'm curious about how she gave it you said she was crying the whole way Um, what was her what was the impact of her speech how did she tell her story as in how did you experience the speech so something that caught my attention when she was speaking is that was the outfit that she wore on that day if you watch this if you watch the speech we all know that she's like known for these really flamboyant outfits mm-hmm. right but she showed up to that event in an oversized suit It was just a plain suit. So, of mm. course she still looked stunning. She looked really stunning, but I was intrigued. I was really intrigued because like in her speech she talked about um her time in the dressing room where she had to try dress after dress on one heel after another. And it the look on her face, it just I just could I just can't imagine because she just looked so exhausted. She was in tears and um she was really just upset. But mm. she knew because she knew she had something to give, something more important than dressing to impress. She wore that to represent her way of taking her power back. So um I applaud her bravery because um going back to the question, the impact of it, right? I applaud her bravery because I believe that that outfit was representative of who she was as a person on that day. And being a celebrity for sure she was really aware of all the critiques and the comments the backlash she would receive she would receive yeah. but you know 
she just left us in awe when she said, today I wear the pants. That just left everyone in awe because the message is yeah. just so clear, very reflective of the point of her speech, which is, which is to, to take back and redefine, to take back the power and redefine those beauty standards that are considered to be mm-hmm. compulsory to, to be adhered by women. And um, the last... I really felt yeah, her sincerity. really actually. did. I mean, as in like, I, it didn't feel like a show. You know, mm. like sometimes when people cry in speeches, it's like you can tell that they're you can tell it straight bit. away. I think with Lady Gaga also, like I feel like the pressure is so huge because she's already representing this look. Like maybe there's always pressure on her to outdo her last look. Yeah, you know I don't like that. The only excerpt of any speech that Lady Gaga ever uh, has said in the past was um that one where she accepted those awards. Uh for A Star Is Born and they always take the part where she says oh you can be in a room where 1,000 people don't believe in you but you only need one who does and she's referencing Bradley Cooper like they always use it in every single like radio yeah because they're trying to ship ship Lady Gaga (laughs) with Bradley Cooper yeah but you know trying to show there was something this is the excel of speech that should be everywhere yeah. in media you know yeah i didn't i didn't know about this speech actually which year was it given this this was in 2018 i think vulnerability is just so important yeah. in a speech i think once you're able to be brave enough to show that i'm sure that she did think about the possibility of people not believing in her i mean like somebody can sit and be like lady gaga really you have this insecurities but she still did it anyway so i think that's that's very brave. So, uh, my speech is by Beyonce Knowles, or Ooh, better known day. as Single what, Ladies. Uh, Sasha Fierce, also. Is that other name? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. It's her alter ego, yeah. right? Yes. So, this is the speech that she gave as part of YouTube's Dear Class of 2020. Mm. So, it was given in June 2020 when the pandemic first hit. It's about 10 minutes long. So, please watch it. It's quite short. And it has been viewed more than 1 million times. Wow. And it was a series done by YouTube. And she was invited by Michelle and Barack Obama to give commencement speeches to high school students who never really got a chance of a real graduation because of the pandemic. Nobody got to go out. They didn't get to be on stage, to be with their friends, get inspired by a speech. I think Abigail, maybe this is something that you can relate to. Because uh, I had like a photo shoot during my graduation. I know how big of a deal it was. So I think the sentiment behind this speech was really nice Mm. I'm glad that they had a series of speeches that were given by many different types of people and but this was one of my favorites and this is what she says whenever you feel like you're not in control or the world is against you let that vulnerability motivate you into greatness that's how I found my true self I remain a work in progress And that's the beauty of growth. I've been happiest when I let go and allow life to show me the next move. When you bet on yourself, you're making an investment into your own future. When you choose to spend your valuable time thinking, speaking, typing, negative thoughts, you're investing in something that will give you absolutely no return in your investment. Class of 2020, every thought in your mind is powerful. 
Every word you speak is powerful. Every action you take has consequences for yourself and your community. Don't talk about what you're gonna do. Don't just dream about what you're gonna do. Don't criticize somebody else for what they're not doing. You be it, be about it. Be about that action and go do it. Keep your eye on your intention. Don't let any outside distraction or your own insecurity stop you from your goals. Embrace that struggle. Surviving that struggle will strengthen you. This is a crucial time in our history and in your life. The earth is ripping that Band-Aid off so we can really see our wounds, so we can acknowledge and nurture them. That's when true healing begins. You can be that leader we all need. You can lead the movement that celebrates humanity. Oh my God. I love that so I feel a little bit attacked. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes me feel like, oh my God, is she in my head? <laughs> like, yeah, I've been thinking about it, but not really doing <laughs> anything about it. And uh, so I chose this speech because I think it, it encapsulates like 2020 and mm. turns out a big chunk of 2021 too which is a time of uncertainty a time of change a time of new renewal where a lot of people kind of feel aimless and directionless despite 2020 probably being one of the biggest things that happened to us the mm. thing that really changed everything so that's why it really resonated with me and i also thought that's why she touched on a lot of current issues like racial discrimination because of the BLM protest. She talked about being other, the LGBTQ movement, about being sidelined, not fitting the mold. So I think she really targeted the uncertain times and the fact that during that time, a lot of us would probably feel like we kind of have a, not to say a no sense of direction, but a little mm -hmm. bit of loss of purpose. Like if you were a student, if you are supposed to sit for your SPM, I think at one point SPM was postponed four times. Yeah. Or like if, I, I don't know, did you guys feel a little bit like you lost your way in 2020? Definitely. After this, after like we transitioned to online learning, the, I think like all the motivation just, just disappeared. Yeah, I mean, it's not just... Okay, so I'm going to tell you a big secret, ladies. Mm -hmm. So just now, Abigail is like, oh, it's really clear in UPESA. Uh, sorry, when you're in primary school, you pass a uh, secondary SPM and so on. And then suddenly university, it's like, what do I do now, right? Even when you do get a job, you marry, you settle down, maybe even have a family. You will constantly be asking yourself, what's next? What, what do I do now? What's next? And sometimes if you are so late in your life, you actually turn back and say, did I make the right choice? Did I wait mm. too late it's like we're Did in this never-ending race i guess what i want to tell you all is that even if as you grow older and you feel those questions you ask yourself those things it's okay i think it's good to ask yourself those things because then you're reflecting on where, whether or not you're on the right path and i think that's a big part of her message her message is to invest in yourself embrace your struggle your fear be authentically you and put in the talk uh, sorry put in the work and I think what she really really tried to make clear is that don't fall into the trap of negative self-talk I think especially now when a lot of us well now not really but back then when we're at home alone it's kind of hard to have like a counterbalance to your own 
uh, self-talk, especially when you fear things. But, you know, that speech uh, from Queen Bee, I really like that she told us to, like, take time to heal because I don't think, like, capitalism, uh, the world we live in really lets us have time for that, you know, self-care, healing, and, like, rediscovering your purpose. But actually, the entire pandemic has caused us to slow down and to really force us to think, think about it, right? Yeah. That's why there's, like, a massive amount of, like, jobs that are not being filled in America despite the economy reopening because people are reprioritizing. People are thinking money is not the most important thing anymore after one year of self-reflection. I'm just going to quote something from Queen Bee in this speech, and we will not refer to her as Queen Bee, which resonated with me a lot. Uh, She said, maybe you did not follow the path that was expected, and you probably questioned everything about your decision, but know that stepping out is the best thing you can do for self-discovery. Uh, which is so true it's so scary to take that step and she actually talked about later how it was so scary to own her own things to start her own company her own label her own management company because it meant that she had to own her mess but she it was the only way to get a seat at the table because nobody was giving her a seat at the table so she literally in her own words said i had to go chop down wood and make my own table so that I can make spaces for people who you don't otherwise usually see in the entertainment industry. Mm. So I really like that um, notion. That being said, if I were to hear her speech next to Lady Gaga's speech and the late Dr. Chadwick Boseman's speech, she does sound a little less sincere only because it's very highly produced it's a video it is not live she's very poised and articulate so despite not maybe having like the emotional gravitas of the other two speakers i think what she did was she made her speech very general if you notice her speech is very like general kind of vague words so that it's like horoscopes, it's like personality test. They're like, oh my god, that's me. <laughs> even if, even if she's not very specific. So she was talking about universal experiences, and she loves repeating words mm. to for repetition. I mean, as a musician, as a songwriter, <laughs> right? I think she tried to use things that rhyme. I heard Lady Gaga also did that in hers. If you look at this, a uh, rule of three. Don't talk about what you're going to do. Don't just dream about what you're going to do. Don't criticize someone else for what they're not doing. You be it. Be about it. Be that action. <laughs> like, you know, the words, it's just, yeah. it sounds, you know, it sounds yeah, yeah. really, really, really nice. It's almost poetic. But of course, and I think that's why it resonated Resonates. with a lot, of the, a lot of people, despite it not maybe having... Um, the emotional I'm, depth that you would want a speech to have, right? Even then, right, I I think I do hear a few similarities between Beyonce and Chadwick's speech law. Um, you know, the entire like you you need to fail a few times before you find your to find mm. your purpose, right? That entire like message behind that. And yeah, um yeah twenty twenty and twenty twenty one have been could, would have been like a year Big fails. Of, of failures for a lot of people but it's okay because you're getting closer to finding out what our true purpose is so yay. yes that's true and purpose is very much closely tied to passion it is it is it even has a nice ring to it passion and purpose yeah because like 
when you find that one thing that really drives you, it's it's like okay, I'm done. Whatever I do is in pursuant to this. So we're gonna on that note, let's move on to our second segment where we discuss speeches on passion. So this time we will start with Sasha Fierce. <laughs> Oh, another very fierce, uh, yeah, the fiercer Sasha. Not as, not even close to Queen Bee, but thank you. I feel I'm very honored. <laughs> okay, what do you have for us today in terms of passionate speeches? The speech I chose for our passion segment was a speech given by the amazing Denzel Washington, who is a sixty. He's a sixty-six year old American actor, producer, and director. And like when I was doing research for this, um, for this about him, I looked at the list of the awards, and oh my god, it's just endless. It's like so many awards, countless awards. But I'm just gonna say two Oscars because like the list is too long, and we can't really go through it. But he won two Oscars. So this speech is actually a commencement speech, uh, exactly just like Chadwick's speech, and um, it was given in two thousand and eleven. So that's like ten years ago. At the University of Pennsylvania, so um, Denzel, in my opinion, is just the quintessence of like authenticity as a speaker. Um, he's known for his very engaging and powerful performances, and according to Wikipedia itself, Voice. his roles are and his characters are like defined by their grace, uh, dignity, humility, and inner strength. So um, he's amazing. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, undeniably one of the most loved and respected actors in Hollywood, not just for his iconic roles and for his and how in because of how insanely talented he is, but also because of his for his humility and his eloquence and and the amount of charity work that he does as well. So um, honestly speaking, I've listened to the speech for about seven or eight times. I I immediately knew this was the speech I was going to to pick when um. Aisa invited us for to to speak on this episode, and um he shared very very deep thoughts about failure, about risk taking, about discipline, progress, faith, and I've really gained some of the most invaluable life advice from from this speech, and I feel like everyone, particularly students, particularly young people. Deserve to hear this, so um, I can't wait to share some of the insightful quotes. All right, let's hear it. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks. Nothing. Nelson Mandela said, "There is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living." Now, I'm sure in your experiences in school and applying to college and picking your major and deciding what you want to do with life, I'm sure people have told you to make sure you have something to fall back on. Make sure you got something to fall back on, honey. But I never understood that concept, having something to fall back on. If I'm going to fall, I don't want to fall back on anything except my faith. I want to fall forward. I figure at least this way I'll see what I'm going to hit. Fall forward. This is what I mean. Reggie Jackson struck out 2,600 times in his career, the most in the history of baseball. But you don't hear about the strikeouts. People remember the home runs. 
fall forward. Thomas Edison conducted 1,000 failed experiments. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Because the 1,001st was the light bulb. Fall forward. Every failed experiment is one step closer to success. Wow, his voice is so aesthetically pleasing. Him. Mm. Like, it's like, you know, the very once in a lifetime Obama kind of voice. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. I see the parallels there, definitely. Oh, I love that. Fall forward. How, how have I not known this speech? That's, that's re- okay, so tell us about the message. Uh, so like, he, he highlighted the point that failure is really associated with success. And um, this speech is the most real, most authentic, most genuine speech I've ever heard about failure because he's just very real with it. He demonstrates with three points. The first one is that failure is inevitable. He just cut clear on that, you know, we will suck at something we will be we will not be as good as we want to be when we first try it and the second one is that if we don't fail we are not even trying and the third one is that the best way that failure is the best way to like figure out where you're going in the first place and the second point and like the second thing that really caught my attention and i think abigail and isa also looked a little bit um in were in awe when he said this is the idea of falling forward so it really took me some time to think about it, but it, these two words have such a profound meaning. It's that what I got from it essentially is that we know failure is necessary in order to achieve success. And like he said, every failed experiment is just one step closer to what we want. So when we fall forward, it's basically, we, it's basically us accepting failure and understanding that we need to put in a little more work, effort, you know, um, blood, sweat, tears, whatever it is, and continue to move and progress further. And the second, and other than that, um, the third point actually is gratitude. He touches a lot on gratitude because gratitude is of utmost importance when it comes to purpose and um, passion, of course, I believe. What are you going to do with what you have, he asks. And that was another question posed that really made me ponder because it's not about quantity, it's about quality. We hear that all the time. Mm. And um, in a world where social media is just enhancing so rapidly, we all get sucked into this hole of comparison at some point of our lives. And I learned that we really can have whatever we want. If we just take one step back and contemplate the present, right here, what right now, what am I going to do with what I have? It's not about how much I have, but it's about what I'm going to do with how much I have. Yeah. I'm grateful for you girls. <laughs> I'm present in the moment. And uh, okay, so I just want to say something really quick about this falling forward thing because we constantly see um, failing as a step back, right? So mm. seeing or changing that perspective that failing is a step forward, you're just falling instead of like landing nicely is a really nice sentiment. I never saw it that way. So thank you for sharing yeah um what do you think about his how did he say it i mean he does sound like a statesman is there a the way that is that well to be honest i feel like in movies denzel plays denzel denzel (laughs) Denzel is just denzel just he just plays different um he just has these different different fonts different fonts (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and in this speech, why do you think it was so impactful for the people who watched? For you, you know, how did you come across this random speech? So I'm like, I love to listen to these kind of speeches, and um, particularly the ones by the Hollywood actors, because like I love to watch movies. Um, but speaking about the impact, right? I think I saved the last quote for I saved the last the best quote for last. And I'll talk about it now since we're talking about how it impacted me, right? He said that you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. So it took me a while to understand that. Um, a U-Haul is basically... Uh, a U-Haul is basically... I still don't get it. Please yeah, explain. I'm going to enlighten you because like, this, is, this is my first reaction when I heard that as well. A U-Haul is basically like a moving truck that carries all your things. And a hearse is well... Uh, yeah, so it's a message that um, you can't bring uh, the things or the achievements that you have achieved in this life into the next ding, life. Ding, 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 like, ding. That is correct. Yeah, or your property, you can't just bring it with you into the afterlife. It's a very, very so. hard pill to swallow. But unfortunately, at some point, I think we will all realize that money just isn't everything. We can't take our money, we can't take our material, physical possessions to the grave when our time comes. So, um... That one really hit me. And um, when it comes to the style of and the personality, right? I think that this, this speech is definitely immensely different from Lady Gaga's speech that I picked. The first thing I, that caught my attention is definitely the use of humor. As soon as he stepped onto that stage, he was really, really witty. Like his, his papers were all over the place and he was telling the audience, like, if my papers fly away, please bring it back to me or something like that and just it's just the whole impression you know and um also his willingness to share moments his embarrassing moments and moments where he failed so he shared he he shared anecdotal evidence like for instance he actually got a one he scored a 1.8 gpa in university which is like considered really really bad that's really really bad, really bad. <laughs> until the university itself told him that i think it's Denzel. i think it's time for you to to do something to do something low. like i thought that was a minimum <laughs> score like and similar but to, do you know what he studied sorry do you know what he studied in uni? he did say he like, did i think I it's think? journalism he did talk a lot about he did talk about oh, journalism wow. and um okay. Similar to Chadwick, he also talked about how he failed um, auditions. He auditioned for some Broadway and he didn't get it. And like, it took him 30 years to get, an audi- to, to get a role on Broadway. It took him 30 years oh, to do wow. that. So um, um, I feel like that being able to relate to him and just him being so open about his failure just makes us, just made me so, you know, so happy. And um, character, in my opinion, is also like the bedrock of a good speech because the moment you step onto the stage, the first thing you want to do is to get the people to listen to you. And they're only going to listen to you if they like you. Which is why like, I noticed this nice on like, I noticed this on like shows like X Factor and things like that. It's not even about how talented you are. It's about, it's about the, how likable how you, you are. The story. The they, have, they, will, they have the story. Your stage presence. Yeah. You know? So like and Denzel Who's the father who's, who's the, the mother, mother. Who's the father? <laughs> and Denzel being someone I don't know if, I don't think you guys know this, but someone with a net worth of two hundred and eighty million dollars. Holy crap. We were still able to okay. relate to him because to to relate to him because of like his his humility and the empathy that he showed us. 
it's just so affirming and heartwarming to see someone who has that much um empathize and and could could someone could just someone who has that much could just be so humble about it and um the speech was so engaging not monotonous at monotonous at all natural hand gestures and all of these aspects are just so vital in order to to be a likable speaker speaker and to to make your speech memorable for your audience so that was me fangirl fangirling over Denzel for like how long 5 minutes it's okay <laughs> you and literally everybody every other woman and also probably a lot of men yes. in the world <laughs> my dad loves Denzel too we love his movies yeah actually it's crazy to think that he tried to audition 30 years before he was discovered because he just seems quite a natural and like talent, a fun so. fact actually like the year he got that role like 30 years later that auditorium that theater was the exact place he auditioned the first time where he failed so like 30 years prior he failed and 30 years, years later man. at that same venue he got his he got the the role so yeah wait So within those thirty years, right? Did he do other acting jobs? He did because, like, um, okay. that role specifically is Broadway, and you need to know how to sing, right? His problem was right. that he could act. He knew he could act. He just couldn't sing. So um, right. so that and yet took time. he really wanted it. <laughs> That's really interesting. I didn't even know that he could sing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for kickstarting our passion segment. Let's hear it from Abigail. Woo-hoo. Who do you have? And I'm sure that everybody will immediately recognize her voice. But yeah, tell us about the speech. So I'm very excited to introduce to you uh, the next uh, speech that I chose for the passion. Abigail's best friend. Exactly. Yes, I hope to meet her in person one day. Unfortunately, I know I will never be able to afford her. Merch and also concert tickets. Um, uh, and that person is Miss Taylor Swift. So, uh, the speech that we're going to hear today is her acceptance speech when she received the Woman of the Decade Award. Not just there, of the decade of the two thousands. Uh, this is a Billboard Women's in Music Award in twenty nineteen. This is Woman of the Decade. But you know, I've learned that the difference between those who can continue to create in that climate usually comes down to this: who lets that scrutiny break them, and who just keeps making art. I've watched as one of my favorite artists of this decade, Lana Del Rey, was ruthlessly criticized. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. We have similar tastes. I like it. She was ruthlessly criticized, ruthlessly criticized in her early career, and then slowly but surely, she turned into, in my opinion, the most influential artist in pop. Her vocal stylings, her lyrics, her aesthetics—they've been echoed and repurposed in every corner of music. And this year, her incredible album is nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys because she just kept making art. And that example should inspire all of us: that the only way forward is forward motion. That we shouldn't let obstacles like criticism slow down the creative forces that drive us, and I see that fire in the newer faces in our music industry, whose work I absolutely love. Yes, so that was it. Um, 
she goes on to say like uh, a bunch of um women's like singers female Lizzo. singers names yeah Lizzo Lana uh, Del Rey Halsey, Lana Del Rey Billie Eilish uh, so on and so forth right so um two things I liked about this excerpt she talks about uh, what it takes to be a creative, you know, you need to disregard all the other criticism and just create and do what you want, right? That's number one. Number two, she uplifts other women in this industry. Mm, I really she, love that. Yeah, when Name she talks them. about yeah, exactly. So she talks about Lana Dari specifically in this excerpt. She will go on to talk about uh, the other female creators, but uh, specifically. Um, Lana Diary, you know, she talks about exactly why she likes her music, how it's been um, inspiring to her, etc, etc. How Lana herself has, like, had to overcome criticism, which was, like, a big uh, message she was trying to present um, in that excerpt. But um, I'm just going to give you guys, like, an overview of uh, her speech. So this was, I think, in the mid-section of her speech, uh, this excerpt. Um, she starts with who she was um, at the start of the decade. So it was when she just released her breakthrough album, Fearless. I think this is like her second, so it was probably her second album um, after her debut. With all that um, ex- excitement of having a breakthrough album, there was also a lot of criticism that followed. Um, they said, oh, you know, she didn't write all her songs by herself, etc., etc., which was true because she had like some co writers. So, for Speak Now, I think one of the albums that came after, she wrote the entire thing herself. Um, and then, with every success, there were always these critics that would say something about her, right? Like her live shows weren't um, exciting enough, her vocals weren't good enough, etc., etc. And she says in this speech that she has tried to prove them wrong every single time. But every single time when she has tried to there's conquer... There's always something else. There's always something else. That's just and humans. Says, That's no just way. humans. Yeah. It's just cycle. No, but specifically for women in this industry, she does say that they are held to a, a very impossible standard um, compared to everyone else, you know? And she's very witty in her speech, uh, which is why which is why I like it, right? So she says, um, she makes a joke that you will never hear people say, um, oh, I like his music, but there's just something about him I don't like uh, when you talk about <laughs> male artists. <laughs> That's right? true. So she That's cracks true. jokes like that throughout her speech and it's, it's funny, but people, when they were listening to her speech, were quiet because she really takes you on this journey and especially, um, you know, when it's a it's a decade award, right? So after she went through her whole like career journey, um, she talks about what the future of music holds. So she talks about um, it's artist rights when it comes to streaming. Her her whole custody battle for her masters, um, with the whole uh rights case that she has. Uh, so now she's like re-recording all her music. She she mentioned a bit about that, etc. Yeah, that's sorry, I was just also very curious about the speech. Um what was the she doesn't speak like somebody who is as it's how do I say this? When Denzel spoke, he spoke from sixty six years of experience, thirty years of possibly working hard. 
um, when Taylor spoke, it's kind of hard to imagine a very young woman talking about her journey in such a crazy way because when she did first release her first album, she was literally 15, right? 15, mm. 16? Mm, so like what but at the same time I never felt like what people would feel when Greta Thunberg speaks like who are you like you're so young to be talking about these kind of things I never got that with her manner so how did you feel like she carried herself that made the audience kind of like hushed like even myself like what's next is it because of her credibility already when she came on the stage or the way she spoke um so Whenever Taylor does all these kinds of interviews, like I've watched her movie, her documentary, it's like my comfort movie, so I've watched it a lot of times. It's on Netflix. Um, it's a really good documentary. Yeah, it's called Miss, Miss Americana. Americana. It's amazing. Um, so I think she does her research, um, and also because she is in this industry, she will have some background knowledge, um, especially when you talk about like all these artists' rights. Um, I think she really she's and she's also very very smart right so I think a lot of how she carries herself that confidence comes from the knowledge that she has so she is confident when um speaking out about this stuff because she knows it intimately and she I I guess she has done her research right so she's not afraid to talk about the battle like that she had with the ownership like even when she was performing I think I can't remember which music award she was she came with a white shirt and all of the names of her titles right because she was so frustrated with the battle which I think not a lot of people would be quite open about because it's something that is difficult and it's ultimately it was a losing battle she had to re-record her music so I'm actually impressed by non I find a lot of non-Asian speakers are able to do that (laughs) (laughs) Um, but then I guess she's doing it for the benefit of other artists as well because you know Taylor Swift she is in a very powerful position to help uh, the other women in the industry so they don't get bullied by other people as well because um so the uh because uh big machine I don't know the new the name of the new company that bought her her rights lah but basically they're not entitled to use her music um for like you know when you use it you you list the music out to do like ads and stuff movies and stuff yeah so they're not allowed to do that so that's why if she re-records everything which she doesn't mind anyway because she's having a lot of fun re-recording everything and like she uh, can license it out yeah showing us new songs she can license it out and then she can earn more money as well so it is really a good move on her part so yeah, I, I like that she uses her position um, as a very well-established musician in the industry to like really shed awareness on all these issues. Um, besides that, trigger warning as well. Um, she was very open when talking about her sexual assault case. Like, I, I, I don't know who that guy was, but basically he kind of like grabbed her ass in like a picture. Uh, in one of in one of at one of the it's in the documentary. The picture, I remember seeing it's in that. the documentary. Yeah, so she says that there were so many people around to see it. There was picture evidence, and yet it was so hard to get the court to believe her. And she 
uh, this wasn't in the speech, but this was in the documentary. So she says that how many other girls who did not have enough proof, mm. and that's that brings up the whole um, topic of conversation of why we don't come forward to report all these sexual assault cases. So she really sheds light on that as well. She's very outspoken about her political stances as well. Uh, yeah, so she's generally a pretty brave person. Yeah, I remember like in this one performance, she performed Blank Space at like Grammy Music uh, Museum or something like that, where like before she started singing, she was talking about how um there were a lot of headlines about her that were um dissing her and about her personality that were actually different from her actual personality. So um her initial impression was that she was sad because like she didn't like it. But her second impression was she thought it was actually interesting to write about. So that's where she started getting... Yeah. That's how she got the idea for Blank Space, that, huh. that character. It's cool how pe- some people get inspired by the negativity around them. That's like a superpower. Yeah. yeah. And I, honestly, I think it's also a creative thing where your job is to find inspiration, which actually leads me nicely to my speech who is, which is given by somebody not as well known by the two people that both of you just named, but well known in her own right. It is a speech by Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, it is not a speech that you think you know because she gave another TED Talk called The Creative Elusive Genius, which has been viewed more than 20 million times. But the speech that I've chosen today was a speech given in 2014, 10 years after she released the Eat, Pray, Love book. And the speech was about success, failure, and that drive to keep creating. It seems to be that failure is a recurring theme in this in, in, <laughs> in When this it comes episode. to passion. And <laughs> purpose too, which like you said, inevit- it is inevitable, right? Failure. So the speech is basically about how she wrote E Pray Love and was so crippled by the success that she suddenly felt lost because how could she ever top that, right? She will always be literally the Eat Pray Love lady. <laughs> and she started her speech that way about how she is now known in airports. People come up to her and say, Aren't you the Eat the the lady that wrote that book based on that movie? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so nothing <laughs> So nothing else will ever compare and she wanted to give up. So that's the essence of her speech, but I'll let her tell you. But in both cases it turns out that there is also the same remedy for self-restoration, and that is that you have got to find your way back home again as swiftly and smoothly as you can. And if you're wondering what your home is, here's a hint. Your home is whatever in this world you love more than you love yourself. So that might be creativity, might be family, might be invention, adventure, faith, service, might be raising corgis, I don't know. Your home is that thing to which you can dedicate your energies with such singular devotion that the ultimate results become inconsequential. For me, that home has always been writing. So after the weird disorienting success, that I went through with Eat, Pray, Love, I realized that all I had to do was exactly the same thing that I used to have to do all the time when I was an equally disoriented failure. I had to get my ass back to work. And that's what I did. And that's how, in 2010, I was able to publish the dreaded follow-up to Eat, Pray, Love. And you know what happened with that book? It bombed. And I was fine. Actually, I kind of felt bulletproof because I knew that I had broken the spell and I had found my way back home to writing for the sheer devotion of it. 
And I stayed in my home of writing after that, and I wrote another book that just came out last year, and that one was really beautifully received, which is very nice, but not my point. My point is that I'm writing another one now, and I'll write another book after that, and another, and another, and another, and many of them will fail, and some of them might succeed, but I will always be safe from the random hurricanes of outcome as long as I never forget where I rightfully live. All right. I love the energy.、So. As She yeah, when she was speaking. I like the concept that she brought, meaning that for most of your life, you live in the middle. Your existence is in the middle of everybody's human experience. It's reassuring. It's regular, but when you get when you fail, it catapults you to this other place that makes you. It's dark and it's lonely, and people view it as something bad. But she said that success does the same thing, except that people view it. In a good way, but it also takes you out of that regular human experience and puts you into the spotlight. And most of the time, it's equally as blinding and equally as disorienting. And it was for her. So what she's trying to say is that when you're in, when you're pulled apart from that middle, that safe zone, what you need to do is you need to find your home. And the reason why I picked this speech for passion, because it's about finding that home. Going home to her meant returning to writing, so it didn't matter where she was pulled, either to the darkness on one end or to success. If she's able to come back home in her safe spot of writing, the outcome doesn't matter, the pressure doesn't matter, because ultimately, she loved writing more than she loved her ego, more than she loved herself. So I really like that because even with the Seek to Speak podcast, with everything. While I value every one of you, I value how many listens there are. It doesn't determine whether or not I continue. What determines whether or not I continue is that I love doing what I do. And I think when you make something that you are passionate about and you make it within your control, it doesn't matter what the outcome is because everything is a bonus. And if it's Something that you failed at, then it becomes a lesson. So it's either a bonus or a lesson. So it's like a win-win. So that's basically why I chose this speech and why it resonated with me so much when I heard it. Did you guys get that? Was it a bit too fast? She is quite a fast speaker. I feel like I this. She... This is this one is a little bit deeper for me. Which is why I'm a little bit silent. I'm just trying to inter. I'm trying to understand a little bit. I relate to this.、Um, You know, as a tiny poet,、um, but like you know, it, it's true.、Um, what she says: some books、uh, did well, some books can bomb. And similarly, I don't like. I I submitted a lot of stuff, and like I've also not received any response from a lot of things.、Um, so you know, trying to be okay with like rejection and not having your poems published all the time. It's just a learning curve, lah. So, um, from the way she speaks and the way she talks about, um, you know, she's just going to write the next book and the next book and the next book. And sometimes, if it does well, it's great. But if it doesn't, then it's okay. I feel like that kind of confidence to have as a writer is great. It's what passion is, you know. You're doing、mm. it because you have to do it. You have to write that book. It doesn't、yeah. matter if it gets received well or not. It's like so, Taylor,、yeah. keep making art, right? Yeah, regardless. 
Okay, so I thought she was not what you would call a quintessential speaker. Mm-hmm. She's she speaks quite fast. I think this speech was less than 10 uh, minutes. Yeah, it explains she has why sort I was of a, having a little, a little bit of yeah. trouble. <laughs> yes, and not only that, she has like sort of a, a lisp. Right. Um, and she was very specific with her examples, while all the other speakers are quite vague and general. So I think, but the reason why it really spoke to me, and this is why I say that there is no one great way to speak. You don't have to lower your voice or slow down or be extremely expressive. It's just that you gotta be honest and authentic, and that's what she was. She was extremely personable, um, and it's also. She was extremely personable. She had a lot of anecdotes in there as well, and I think she really used this imagery and analogy of home being passion, which I found was so. It's, I think her speech was great because it changed my perspective, and I think that's what you want a speaker to do, regardless of how the speech is told. So I think she's a great speaker, um, albeit not a speaker that fits the mold. And this is her second. Um, viral TED Talk, so <laughs> I think she's just a really good writer, and she says things in a in a great way in mm, terms of yeah. imagery. I mean, there is no one way when it comes to speaking. Like every speaker has their own, you know, style and personality, and she owns hers. She rocked hers. Yeah, that's true, and that's why. What I I just want to tell our listeners, while it's always great to emulate great speakers, I think it's good you should try to emulate great speakers but if you don't feel like it that's fine too i mean obviously from all of the speeches that we've heard today i think they all spoke in different ways maybe some of them are effective in ways that you are familiar with meaning they speak with emotion they speak with sincerity but others aren't so and that's okay so i think Whatever it is, your passion or your purpose is, I don't know. I feel quite motivated after I feel <laughs> this great episode. After this session, yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel not like afraid of failure. Forward, falling <laughs> forward. <laughs> yeah. So I think I w- I want to end this episode with like just asking the both of you maybe what are your takeaways from this episode or maybe which of the other. Person speeches did you like most and why? I think my biggest takeaway from this is that we're all humans and we're all going through the same struggles. I know we pick the team's passion and purpose, but the same kind of messages. experiences and messages seem to resonate no matter what name we give it. So I think there is a universal human struggle that we are all facing, though the the details may be different, but if I had to choose a, a favorite speech, I think it would actually be Chadwick Boseman's speech, only because I felt like he's just one of those. Okay, so first of all, I actually really admire him, so it could be biased. <laughs> but second of all, I like this idea that no matter what you do. If you don't do it with purpose, it doesn't have a lot of meaning.、Mm-hmm. And if you do things with purpose, even if you fail, you know that you're either opening the door for someone else, or、mm-hmm. that another door will be opened for、mm-hmm. you by someone else. 
I think that's like uh, such a poetic as well as I think spiritual way of looking at life as well that gives me comfort. So I really like that speech. Okay, I'm gonna uno back to you, Abigail. I plus two two. <laughs> I saw card. So go ahead, Sasha. Okay. The main takeaway for me, I think, definitely, is all about um. About failure, because like we all just have this mm. really negative perception when it comes to failure. But um, I think I've learned that everyone was once a beginner, and seeing all the speakers today, um, most of them, or if not all of them, were actually really open about their personal lives and about how they failed, how they felt about it. So um, feeling intimidated is normal. That's not a problem. But the problem is letting that hinder or stop you from doing something. So um, if I had to pick one, this is really, really hard, but I'm going to say Beyonce's one because just hearing her say all of that really hit my head hard. Like um, even though it was a speech rehearsed or not, um, it's on YouTube. I felt as if she was talking to me. I felt like we were having a one-on-one conversation because... Um, what she said really resonated with me about like the insecurity about um yeah just fear in general because um i remember when i first started debating one of the most embarrassing days of my life where um it was my first day of training and my teammates they already built their arguments and i was still trying to figure out what does this motion what does this topic even mean and like all my teammates are like um, so we've got this we got that and i'm still trying to understand what it actually means and um I really, really considered quitting debate after that day. It's because everybody else was also a beginner. Like, it was our first day of training, but everyone else was just so much better. And I was just like, I just felt really crappy sitting Aww. there. So um, I was just so in awe. Everyone was so good. And um, after listening to this speech, to, um, to Denzel's speech, and how the, the insecurity part relates to um, Beyonce's speech, this is the reason I'm still debating because I now know that even people who are so famous, people who are so talented, Sasha Fierce, um, uh, Queen Bee, that message is definitely just gonna, it's just really, really meaningful to me. And um, I'm definitely gonna listen to the full speech as soon as the session ends. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like she's literally like speaking to your shitty inner voice yeah <laughs> your inner voice is like saying you can't do it queen bee you must do it do it now be about it so i <laughs> be all about thank you it. sasha fierce for hitting me in the head <laughs> it does feel like that all right abigail how about you um okay i think my favorite speech uh from everything we've shared today was the elizabeth gilbert one because i related to that the most um you know besides um like from a creative perspective um i can like apply it in my working life as well uh, you know i'm not always going to do the right thing and i like what everyone has said today need to be need to stop being afraid to fail because it's in in inevitable right so um yeah i also I think it the confidence comes with time. Um, it's just a like process. Elizabeth, yeah, in Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, case, right? So I'm just going to be patient. Um, 
Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like, as I say Chadwick, uh, but as I explained myself and as I hear all of you explain, I think Denzel's speech also resonates a lot. This idea of falling forward. Falling forward. And, yeah. Yeah. Man, I think that that falling should be like the face like, of this. Is the new mantra I have. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I, like... But I feel like all six speeches sort of interconnected with each other. Yeah, exactly. Like Lady Gaga's and Taylor Swift's were both about like the industry and when it comes to women. So yeah. It just goes to show that no matter how successful, no matter how great you are or or how great you think people are having it, they all have their own personal struggles Mm. and we can all get connected in that way so I think that's the power of speeches thank you so much Sash as well as Abby <laughs> for the great great conversation I honestly really really enjoyed myself and I'm going to have such a treat listening to the full speeches from all of the speakers that you recommended and you listeners will too once you click the link in the description box <laughs> and please subscribe alright uh, thank you everybody speak to speak mm-hmm.